The App Guide podcast is brought to you by B7Dev. That's b7dev.com. App design and development, they make your app idea become a reality. The founder called Haim is a very good friend of mine. So make sure that you mention my name when you reach out to them. Thanks very much to B7Dev. Newmob, N-E-U-M-O-B. Newmob makes sure your apps have faster load times and better performance. Newmob helps app developers keep their existing users and drive maximum revenues anywhere in the world. Go to newmob.com. That's N-E-U-M-O-B.com. GummyCube. GummyCube is trusted by thousands of growth marketers and developers. Launch your campaign today, your app store optimization campaign, by going to gummycube.com. That's G-U-M-M-I-C-U-B-E.com, gummycube.com. And make sure that you mention my name, Paul Kemp, and I'm sure they'll do a good deal for you. They are the best app store optimization on the market. Apptentive. Drive five-star ratings and intercept negative feedback using Apptentive. Go to apptentive.com forward slash appguy, all lowercase, apptentive.com forward slash appguy, and you'll get a free consultation from their customer experience experts. Thank you, Apptentive, for being such a great sponsor of the show. This is Jake Ward. I'm the co-founder and CEO of the Application Developers Alliance, and you're listening to the App Guy Podcast. The App Guy Podcast, straight from your host, Paul, the App Guy sharing his app entrepreneur journey with you for your enjoyment. And now, Paul, the app guy. Welcome to another episode of the app guy podcast. I'm your host. This is Paul Kemp. So this is the show where we help you as app entrepreneurs, as anyone who is maybe making a living off the app store, or even just doing these side projects that we do. Uh, we help you by interviewing people from around the world. And today to help with this endeavor, I have a terrific CEO. He's the CEO of Callproof, which is a mobile app for outside sales teams. We're going to learn all about it and his journey. His name is Robert Hartline. Robert, welcome to the App Guy podcast. Hey, Paul, thanks for having me. Uh, tell us about Callproof. What is it and how's it helping sales teams? So uh, Callproof basically is an app for Android iPhone that reports all the daily activity that salespeople do and hate to enter into CRM. So to make a long story short, salespeople hate entering every single thing they do throughout the day. And our app reports all calls, face-to-face -face meetings, uh, location on a map and emails to both clients and prospects so salespeople can keep selling. Now, I love this already. Now, so uh, listeners may not know this about me, but I used to actually work in a, a sales team uh, in a finance company in London. And every year we would have an offsite. Every year we'd complain about the CRM. No one's entering any information. <laughs> and uh, so, so how have you overcome this massive problem for salespeople? Tell us how you've actually overcome the, the challenge of getting people to, to use systems to, to record data. Well, you know, for, for me, uh, I built it. I had a, a sales team that I was running, and I had the same continual problem. I would get into a, start a new CRM. I'd train everybody to use it. They'd use it like gangbusters for the first week, and then the second week it was like a ghost town. And all you saw was tumbleweeds and old data and no one was using it. But I knew everyone was making calls on their cell phone. And so when I first started this journey, I said, gosh, I wish I just had an app that when you made a phone call, it puts the 10 digit phone number up in the cloud and it would match it with known clients and prospects. And I'd be able to see in a newsfeed, just like Facebook, 
the number of calls that my salespeople were doing. So I'd know they were being productive and, and out there prospecting and growing the business. And that's kind of how Callproof kind of got started is just to figure out, you know, listen, at the end of the day, if you have salespeople that leave your office every day, you're, and you don't see them, you don't see them in your office, you don't hear them making phone calls and they're not in the queue next to you, you really don't have an understanding what their day is like and how active they are. And so that's what, that's, that's how this was born is, is just basically out of a need I had after having, you know, several unsuccessful reps leave and, and I would figure out that they, you know, they'd hand me their phone after they'd been with me for 10 months and I'd discover that after I started answering their calls for several weeks after they left, that the phone would never ring. And I realized that, listen, while they were out in the field and I was thinking they're out getting proposals together and, and talking to prospects, they weren't actually talking to anybody. <laughs> and so, <laughs> and so uh, I said, oh my gosh, you know, like one guy, he turned in his phone, two weeks go by, no calls, no calls, no calls. I was like, shoot. I got to see if this guy made any calls. So I looked up his account in, in our, with this phone carrier because it is a phone that I paid for. And uh, he had a total of 10 unique phone numbers in his, in his call log. You know, his friends or people in family who he was calling, but he wasn't talking to real life prospects. You know, I discovered something this whole journey that the average salesperson, underperforming salesperson, can last 10 months in any organization because they go through the training and all the all the rigmarole you do to, with an onboard uh, rep. But someone that's really not producing and doing the activity can hide under the radar for a long period of time. But if you report the activity from an app like we've done, done today, uh, you can see the activity done in real time and help motivate, train, encourage your salespeople by knowing the activity is, is real and actually going out there. So, you know, that, that's really what we did. And, you know, once we built it, we, we started adding, you know, just like everybody does with adding a ton of features. And one of our most popular features is the ability to check into a Google business. And uh, just like you do on Facebook, you check into a restaurant and talk about how awesome the tacos are. Well, with our app, you can check into a Google business and it imports the company name, address, phone number, URL into the database. So the sales rep's not standing in the heat right before he makes a sales call and entering all that data. It's automatically in the database. Now, this almost feels like what the phone was intended for. And, and I'll know that sales teams are the hardest people to manage, right? So, oh, um, yeah. And, and, you know, really, you know, in our world, we, we have two bosses. You know, my boss would be our customer that pays us with a credit card to manage the sales team. And then my other boss is the actual sales rep. So, I mean, we have to make an app that adds value for them to use that in the field to improve their sales. It's not about watching what the sales rep's doing. It's really providing a tool for the salespeople. So we, you know, we have features in the system to help identify, like, for instance, the closest prospect. So they have a list of 100 companies they're calling on, and they got in their car and drove 20 minutes away to go visit with a client. There's no reason they wouldn't use our app to use, find the closest prospects to go visit new, new opportunities that are nearby. So, so, Robert, one of the things we love to do is understand the journeys of the entrepreneurs that we have on this show. And you said that you were managing a, a sales team. Was, was this your own business or were you working in another company before Coolproof? 
Yeah, so I have a I have a chain of 22 retail stores across Tennessee, the state of Tennessee, and we had a B2B sales team, and I had a retail team, and the B2B team just had a totally different need than my retail staff. My retail staff, you know, we have a system that they're at a computer all day long. They're having customers come and visit them. But when the sales rep leaves the office and he's not going to pull his laptop out and type in inner data, and it's not really efficient to use the web browser inner data. So you really had to build an app to, to do all the things we needed to do. Right. So you had the idea, you saw, saw the problem. I mean, how did you first go about getting the app built? Did you have to outsource the developers or did you bring those in-house? Tell, tell us about that process. Well, I was lucky and found a good guy that uh, helped me out for a number of years and building pretty all the pretty much all the components to what we what we do. And you know, that was certainly an interesting journey. You know, d- developers and people like me, like the average business guy, who's kind of the sales guy. I'm the, totally the business guy. I'm technical enough to be get stupid and break stuff, but I'm certainly not the guy to to you know, code anything. And it's probably a good thing that I'm not because I, I, I could totally see how developers get really caught up in the code and, and so focused that they forget about all the other important things. But uh, certainly for a non-technical founder like myself, you know, the development journey, it was not an easy one for me. Well, let's learn from you because we want to try and prevent anyone from making maybe mistakes you've done. You know, in the past, I've had uh, people crying uh, to, to me about the horrendous journeys they've had with development of an app. So, so what lessons did you learn and what could, tips could you give us to, to prevent any kind of mistakes that you may have made in, in your journey of building your app? Well, from, from, my, from my perspective, I, I think the biggest learning uh, point was I, I would probably, if I had to do it all over again, I would probably bring someone aboard that was more in line with my vision of the company and understood about teamwork and, and you know, working on a very small team when someone comes from a larger organization with lots of structure is just a big challenge that most people don't deal well with. So you really have to find someone that can see eye to eye and understand the importance of teamwork. And it's certainly always a challenge working with someone new anyways. But for one, I think if I had to do it all over again, I would probably find somebody that was in project management for software, gave me probably I would have them spend time with me on what exactly the pitfalls are with working with, you know, a, a single developer and getting a project done and, you know, strategies, whether it's using Scrum or other strategies to rapidly deploy. I'd probably start that. We do that today, but back then I, I didn't know what I don't know now, you know? Well, Robert, this is really fascinating because, in fact, I very rarely get the opportunity, but we have lots of app developers that listen to this show and in a way, you're almost like a, a client that they potentially could have. And what I'm getting the sense of is there is sometimes a disconnect between your vision for what the app should deliver and the developer's vision, or in fact, what they can do and what they want to do. And what I'm learning from you is trying to bridge that disconnect. I mean, were you ever shown like a prototype at early stages? 
Yeah, I mean, the early stages, we, you know, we did the typical, this is what it needs to do. And, you know, I, I think that our core challenges really happened when, when users came aboard and something didn't work like it was intended to. And, you know, you don't know the unintended consequences until you actually get into a project. I mean, yeah, you can do a mock-up and a wireframe or the way it looks, but the reality is if the user doesn't use it, then why are you building it? And, you know, I, I think some of the most successful apps uh, create intrinsic motivation for the user to use them. And, in fact, if you were to ask the user why you're using them, they would probably not be able to tell you exactly. Just like why do, do we automatically, when we get a half second of free time, open up our Facebook app and use the scroll with our thumb? Like that has become such a common thing for us to do and how did we get conditioned to do that so you know when it comes to app development you know you have to figure out an app that creates that intrinsic motivation to use it or people just don't use it so you you know these a lot of these guys build in beautiful apps that get used 60 seconds and get and you know, people stop using them there's got to be some value creation that happens for using the app the other way I like to describe it is if you build an app that everything is done on like if you had an app that does something without them having to do it, but there's a value associated with it, you know, I like to attribute it. It's like you want an app that imagine if you had an app that allowed you to, to breathe, would you still pay for the app? <laughs> so, you know, if, if, you know, if it's doing something that, like, for instance, if you made an app that wherever you walked, it emailed people that were in in a, a one-mile vicinity and emailed them a pitch to do a meeting with you. And just imagine this app just ran in the background, let's just say spamming people within one mile of, of you that would likely buy your product. If that sales rep used that for a, a week and walked around and he probably got 900 hate emails but sold 10 products because of this app, he would never stop paying you. He would literally use this app and walk around and make money. And that's all – if it, all it did was provide sales to him, that's, that's an example of an app creating oxygen that he can't live without. Salespeople love to get – sales and if you give them leads and sales automatically you know, that that's an example of something an app could do i would you know i, I wouldn't create something like that because i'm not going to spam anybody but i'm just trying to show you an, an example of i think a lot of developers making a lot of cool things but it's not creating oxygen for the customer that, that, I love that phrase. And in fact, um, what I'm learning from you is that we often, you know, we lose sight of what's really important. And uh, I would love to know, I mean, in your journey with uh, Callproof, have you had any big wins, big sales as a result of the information going into Callproof? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, for one, you know, the big value for my clients is, they have some comfort if they bring on new salespeople and they put them in call proof and their management is using call proof to manage the daily activity. And so one of the things that we coach and train over all of our people are is if you were to look in call proof in the middle of the day, 
and identify a rep that maybe hasn't done any activity and you can call them up on the phone and get them re-motivated to get back in the field and, and sell, you've actually been able to, to save part of that day. The day is not over with. So many organizations manage by exception and they'll look at reporting from yesterday and try to change behavior from the past and you can't change the past. But if it's noon and that sales rep made three or four calls in the morning and had the worst possible experience with a customer that demotivated him and, and brought him down to a level where he wasn't prospecting or he wasn't looking for new business. A little pick-me-up from a good sales manager, getting him re-engaged in, into the sales process is going to save that rep and get him back in the field and back into selling. You know, sales is a very emotional job because you're really dealing with lots of rejection. And if you can take that rejection and, and help soothe it and just say, hey, listen, I know that was a rough call. Get back in there, buddy. You can do it. And so a lot of the value that we provide with people is they feel comfortable with the platform as a way to, to, to onboard new reps and get them in the field attacking their marketplace and the people that would likely buy their products and services. So most of my clients are not behind the laptop, pounding the phone at a desk all day. My sales reps that, that, that are out there using HomeProof, these are real deal, holy field, like knocking on doors and businesses, selling copiers, selling printing, selling IT support services, selling IT, you know, auto glass. You, you name a product where they have to knock on a business and talk to them because they can't get into that business any other way that other than physically walking in and handing a business card or handing a flyer. That's our core customer. And when these, when these businesses use all the other tools, which are all just re input driven devices, meaning you got to beg your salespeople to enter the data and they don't get that data. They end up hiring salespeople that don't work out, but they don't discover they're not working out for too many months after than they needed to. So, you know, it, it's, it, it's a fun world here. This is fascinating listening to you. And I mean, one of the things I'm learning is that we have rejection in lots of the things that we do. And it's just, I love the fact that you, we sometimes do need to pick me up from people around us to keep us going. I'd love to know then, so you're, you've built this app for, it sounds like primarily your own teams, but are you rolling it out more broadly? Yeah, I mean, we, we our primary customer is, is outside sales people who have usually average organization has 10 plus salespeople, but you know, we, we have features built in like an event form that it's geocoded every time they use a form. So imagine a woofoo or some kind of Google form that's time and day stamped with a GPS coordinate. So when you fill out a form, you actually knew they fill out that form at that particular location. So if you had a route salesperson that was going and taking pictures of merchandising in a convenience store, you would know they were actually there. And so many of our customers would actually pay their employees based on this data that they're collecting out in the field. And so, you know, all those kind of things are just extra things that we, we do. But, you know, I, I, if you don't mind, I'd like to change the conversation a bit. Yeah, go for it. One thing I'd like to say, since your audience is, is, is a lot of app developers, I will tell you there are so many guys like me, like business people who would love something built but don't know who to lean to. 
And there's so many guys like myself who are itching to find the technical co-founder to help them make their ideas reality. And, you know, I, I don't know in your circle where your audience spends their time, but I promise you if they were to take an effort to go actually go out and meet some of these business leaders and let them know what they did, they would, they would be covered up in business. This episode is brought to you by B7Dev. That's b7dev.com. It's run by a good friend of mine, Haim Sajnowski, and they have a great reputation for building apps. So if you are uh, looking to become an app entrepreneur, maybe you can't code on your own, you need some support, I recommend this app building company for you. Uh, they will make it easy for you. Now, don't just take my word for it. Let me read out um, a testimonial from Sharon Drury, who's from Plain Tree Family Productions, founder. Always really good to rely on founder recommendations. They say, I have been working with Haim and his team for almost two years. They developed for me an iOS game for kids. Each time we worked together, I was thrilled with the level of professionalism and results. It's been a pleasure to work with Haim and his team, both professionally and personally. Highly recommended. Highly recommended. I highly recommend this team. It's very reliable. Thank you very much to Haim. And thank you very much to B7Dev for supporting the App Guide podcast. So there is a problem that the internet has and also content delivery networks, which I bet your mobile app relies on. The problem is that these rely on an old protocol, TCP IP, that was created over 40 years ago. It just wasn't designed to handle the complexities of the modern mobile internet. Well, NewMob, by contrast, have a purpose-built solution that covers the first and the middle and the last miles traveled in every app session. It's the NewMob Accelerator, and it's the world's first end-to-end -end accelerator for app developers. Delivered as a two-line SDK, it provides a mobile app with instant access to acceleration features at all stages of the mobile app delivery. So we're all about improving the quality of our apps, and this really would help you out. If you are an app developer or an app entrepreneur, you will need this. It's NewMob. Go to NewMob.com, N-E-U-M-O-B.com, NewMob.com. And thanks very much to NewMob for supporting this episode. So actually, let's, let's just pick up more on that then, because, I mean, this is a unique opportunity. I, I think a lot of people listening to this show do struggle with sales. I, I do feel like it's that syndrome of the comfort of a, a computer and sitting behind it and coding and doing all the things that are quite comfortable, but face-to-face -face meeting and having a sales pitch can be quite hard. What you're suggesting is that some of the app entrepreneurs, developers should actually get out, meet biz business people, talk about their portfolios, because we all get excited when we talk about the things that apps can do. So how can they encourage themselves to, to actually go and do that? You know, for me, if I was to, if, let's say I, let's say I suddenly had these developer shoes and I was suddenly good at coding and let's say I was suddenly jobless or I wanted to work part-time or just as a side project and grow my own business, I would probably spend my lunches getting in front of business leaders who have large teams of people. I'm not talking about calling on a florist or calling on someone who owns a print shop. I'm talking about calling enterprise people that are in companies that are managing tons of people because there's so many – uh, there, there's so many advantages to using apps to to replace old out the outdated ideas and thinking and 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 processes uh, 
that could save companies just millions of dollars. And, you know, if it were me, I'd probably generate an email template would say something like this. George, I, I build apps for companies and I would love just a few minutes of your time to talk about business processes, challenges that you have in your business where an app could probably save or make you more money. I'm not selling you my services. I'm simply, I'm simply wanting to find out what challenges you have in your business. Are you available next Tuesday for lunch? And taking that templated email of, of introductions to people and just introducing yourself to them, saying, this is what I do. Would you be willing to meet with me? There's so many, like if you wouldn't believe how many people when they ask, hey, what do you do? And I tell them about my software and go, hey, I have this idea for an app. They all have an idea for an app, right? And everyone's got one. But the reality is, do you have an idea for an app that actually makes money or saves money? And do you have customers that will buy it? I mean, a lot of people have a lot of silly ideas about what apps should do. But when you got somebody with a credit card willing to ready to buy the product, then then that, that's when you know you're building the right thing. When I started Call Proof, I literally after I engaged with my first developer and started paying him and brought him on board, I got a call from a customer and his and his call was, listen, I have these salespeople. I don't know what they're doing every day. And is there some kind of app or tool that I could do to, to see what my salespeople are doing every day? And I was like, holy cow, this is great. It just kept, it, it was like the energy I needed to keep going with the project. And I was simply building it for myself. This is absolutely fascinating. So I used to do this quite a lot on this show. Let's do this. Do you have an idea then? You've already come out with the email idea when you're walking around. Do you have any other ideas you're willing to share with us that, that maybe could spur someone on to perhaps give it a go and, and build it? Oh, gosh. Let me think about this. Yeah, an app idea. Well, well I, got a, I got a couple of them. I'm just trying to think of one. That uh, well, I'll tell you one that I would absolutely love to do, and that is probably create a podcast app for trainers. You know, I've been looking for this app, I can't seem to find it. And if anybody knows this app is, exists, please let me know because I've literally spent hours searching and signing up for a bunch of trials, and nothing works. But Android, iPhone, you have podcast players where you can play. A recorded podcast, but there isn't a player that will secure the content. So imagine a large company wants to do internal training. They want to send out a hour long video, how to do X, Y, and Z. But you not only want your team to listen to it, you want to know who listened to it and for how long. So you want to know the completion date. Uh, I'm sorry, the completion rate of the training so if you're trying to train hundreds of people you know the traditional method is you send an email which no one reads your email and you don't know who clicked the link and then you don't actually who completed it now there's a lot of e-learning systems that have online portals that are focused on a web portal and it will do some of that but not through a mobile and, you know, most of them will download audio. You can play it on your phone, but it won't give you the data behind it. So anyway, that's what I would build. You know, that is a genius idea. So I'm going to appeal to everyone listening to this. It's like an internal app for an enterprise app for training, for podcasts, for content that can track 
and help monitor and measure people's progress throughout that training. Genius. Terrific. There's a, there's a billion dollar idea. <laughs> Yeah, well, <laughs> just build it, and then if you build it, you just give me a free account, and we'll call it even. <laughs> Robert, this is a lot of fun. So the, the final thing is, you know, in, in your years as r- running your own company and being involved in your own destiny, to anyone who's listening to this who may be sitting on the fence, they're in a corporate job they don't like, is it worth the risk and the reward of doing doing your own thing? And if it is, what sort of person do you need to be, do you feel, to, to actually run your own business? Well, so here's the motivation to do your own thing. You're going to die. Does that make sense? You're going to die. We're all going to die. Like, this is the only chance we have. Why would you be stuck in a job doing what you don't want to do? You're going to die. So... Why not make the most of your life today? All the tools and resources to start your own thing have never been more available to every single person on planet Earth as long as you have an internet connection, right? So you have equal opportunity, whether you're in the middle of any town, USA, Nebraska, or you're in freaking London. Like the path to getting to where you need to be is already well documented online. You just have to make the decision to do something. And for some people, they can't, maybe they're not creative enough to make the leap to know what to do. But if you place yourself around a lot, a lot of mentors or people that are smarter than you or have uh, no more people or have more experience than you, then you can just surround yourself and something will just absorb and click one day and you go, gosh, that's, that's what I want to do. That's what I'm passionate about. That's what I'm going to work on. But my main thing I tell everyone is like, dude, you're going to die. So either make a decision to do something now or just be like everyone else and just go into life. That is one of the most motivating reasons to actually do something you're passionate about. And, and also, I just want to remind people that we should be really grateful with the access to the productivity tools, the resources that we have. It is unbelievable. Where I used to work in a sales team, we had a 50 million budget, $50 million for technology. I feel like I've got more now as an indie entrepreneur working on my own than I do in an organization with huge resources. And so we're very, very fortunate um, to live in this digital age. Robert, this has been a great chat. Let me uh, remind people that uh, show notes will be on episode 442. Just visit theappguy.co, search for Robert Hartline, and you'll see um, links to Coolproof and to Robert. Robert, how best can people reach out and connect with you? What what is the best way of getting in touch? Uh, Easiest way is Hartline Robert on Twitter, or you can also see my blog at callproof.com forward slash blog. Wonderful. Robert, thanks ever so much for the inspirational journey and uh, all the best with uh, your future and call proof. Hey, thanks, man. Remember to go and check out B7Dev. That's B7Dev.com. And they are an app design and development company. They will make your app idea become a reality. They're pretty personable and professional to work with. Highly reliable. Remember to ask for my friend, Haim Sajnovsky. And if you do say you come from the App Guy podcast, they will look after you. B7dev.com. Thanks to B7dev for supporting this podcast. 
Thanks to our sponsor, Numop, who provides app acceleration for the mobile first world that we all live in. Startup app owners and developers are invited to accelerate their Android and iOS apps for free and see just how much better their apps load and perform using Numop. Check it out at numob.com. That's N-E-U-M-O-B.com.